1: Christmas. <laughs> let's all stand together. I'm Tom and this is my friend Dave. We're visiting from Colorado this week. I'm happy to be with you guys. And so it's Christmas time in the city, right? So let's sing some Christmas songs. Does that sound like a Christmas song to you?
2: Go tell it on the mountain Over the hills and everywhere Go tell it on the mountain That Jesus Christ is born Try it again Go tell it on the mountain While shepherds kept their watching, o, oh, silent flocks by night. Behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. Shepherds feared and trembled the of the earth Rang out the angel chorus That hailed the Savior's birth Oh, go tell it on the mountain Over the hills and everywhere Go tell it on the mountain
1: All right, Sean, come on, here we go, and... All right, Dave, do the back there.
2: in a lonely manger the humble Christ was born and God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morn oh yeah let's go telling on the mountain over the hills and every Tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, that Jesus Christ is born. Oh, That that Jesus Christ is born. That Jesus Christ is born.
3: Wow, what a fun Sunday we have going on. There's a camel outside today. I don't know if you saw that, but we have so much going on. We're going to go outside later on, and we are going to dedicate this entire campus to Jesus. We just are beside ourselves with everything going on. You know, in Advent, the whole season is really about promises. Promises that were made, promises that were kept, promises that were fulfilled and a promise maker who is faithful and true. Thousands of years before Jesus came, God made a promise to a man named Abraham that one day he would have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And through his family, he was going to bless the whole world. And then years later, God fulfilled that promise in the birth of his son, Jesus. And that's what we celebrate this season. And you want to know the part that just blew my mind this week, that the Holy Spirit illuminated me through my Advent devotional? God could have chosen any way to fulfill that promise, any symbol. And yet he linked it back to the very original promise that he made to Abraham. Because when Jesus was born, he put a star in the sky right above him. And when he told Abraham that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky, he said, boom, and here it is. Friends, I pray that for our congregation, when we look at that building, it's like our star in the sky. It's like us saying, oh my goodness, Jesus, you were true to your promises. And we get to be in this building and celebrate you and worship you. And we get to bless the whole city of Tampa because of it. So two weeks from today on Christmas Eve, we're going to fill that space and we're gonna worship the king, and we couldn't be more excited. If today is your very first Sunday, you picked a good one, and we would love to meet you, and we would love to know that you are here, and the best way to do that is to have you fill out a connect card. We have paper cards, we have a QR code you can scan. We just wanna meet you and invite you into this family of faith, so please do that. And then the last thing I wanna make you aware of, there are these half sheets all throughout in the seats, With a big building comes a big need. On Sunday mornings, we have 27 volunteers who make Sunday mornings happen. They're the band, they're the tech booth, they're the greeters, they're the usher, they're the parking guides. Between two services, 27 men and women to make this cozy little space happen. Well, we're about to move into a big space, not as cozy as this one, and we're gonna need 39 men and women every single Sunday to make it happen. And so if you aren't already serving on the Dream Team, this is the time to jump in. This is the time to move from a participant to an owner. Instead of saying, I go to First Pres on Sunday mornings, you say, I make First Pres happen on Sunday mornings. So we would love to have you join the team. And you can scan that QR code or fill out that form to let us know that you want to be a part of it. Please pray with me this morning as we continue in worship. God it is true that you are a promise maker and that you are a promise keeper it's true in our lives as individuals it's true in this family of faith first Pres. and it is true the thread of promises made all throughout scripture to the ultimate fulfillment in your son Jesus so I pray for each one of us this morning that we would cling to your promises, cling to your faithfulness, know that you are true to your word. I pray that during this season of Advent, we would just be drawn in deeper with you, Jesus. Thank you for this morning, for kids getting to see animals, for a building that just shows us your goodness, and for worship that draws us deeper to you. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
4: Before us here this morning is this symbol Christians use all over the world, and they've used it for decades and centuries. It's called an Advent wreath, the arrival, the coming of the Messiah. And McLean has just talked about the connection from Jesus all the way back to God's promise. God is a promise keeper. He makes promises and keeps them. And one of the promises he makes is a promise of peace. And when we say peace in Hebrew, the word is shalom. In Greek, the word is Irene. It sounds like the woman's name, Irene. And peace means, in the Bible, peace means everything put back together again. It means completeness. Wholeness and only the mighty God of the universe has the ability to make peace, and He does because in Jesus, the peace breaker, which is death, has been conquered. Death is conquered by the mighty God. The result that comes to us in the form of a baby in the season of Advent is peace. And so, I light the first candle representing last week, but this morning I write, I light the candle of peace sooner or later. <laughs> And as that happens, I want to remind you that you and I are invited to be a part of God's peace, giving everything that we have in our lives, including our financial giving. I love being generous. You love being generous. We're invited to play a part. And God's redoing the universe and making all things new again. And one of the ways that we do that is just giving generously. The reward is clear and obvious. Thank you for being generous, people. I love it. I love doing it with you. Let's be a part of God's making all things new again. Amen.
1: Stand together. Lord, we turn our hearts towards you now. and. We just thank you for your presence with us today in this place. Thank you for your attentiveness to us and our needs, Lord. There's not one heart, one person here that you don't know every uh, intricacy of their lives, of our lives. So we just turn to you, Lord, as the author of life, the giver of life today, and we worship you.
2: It's your breath in our
0: lungs,
2: so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, it's your breath, Lord,
0: in our
2: So we Great. Sir not much but i've nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah singing hallelujah. I've got one response I've got just one move With my arms stretched wide I will worship you So I throw up my hands And praise you again and again Cause all that I have Is a hallelujah, and I know it's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah. Come on, my soul, don't you get shy on me? Lift up your song. You got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. So
0: come come on, on, my soul, soul. Don't, don't you
2: get, get shy on me? Lift up your song. You got a lion inside of those Get Get up up and and praise praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Come come on my soul. soul. Don't Don't you get get shy on me. Lift up up your your song. You've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up you get yeah. shy I'm nothing nothing else else fit for a king Except for a heart singing Hallelujah. hallelujah Hallelujah And all my words fall short I got nothing new, how could I express all my gratitude?
1: Mm. Mm. Thank you Lord. Being grateful. Now you guys can have a seat if you want. Let me just say one little thing here, Kathy, if you don't mind. Gratefulness is a really cool thing. Yeah, the, the Bible gives us little doorways to get close to God, you know, like when we're feeling distant from God. One of them is, it says, come into his presence with singing. So one of the things when we sing to the Lord, sing about God, it brings our heart close to him. Another one is thankfulness. The Bible also says, come into his gate, come through his gates. come into his presence with thanksgiving. And so when we turn from all of our troubles and we, and we allow our heart to turn towards the things that we're thankful for, and we just offer that, God, I thank you for this. Even in the middle of the stuff, right? The Bible talks about the sacrifice of thanks. And when we do that, it's one way for our heart to get close to him. So just a nice little secret into the presence of God from the word of God. Go ahead, Kathy. Mm. Sorry.
5: <laughs> I'm just soaking that in. Thank you. <clears throat> yes, you. joy of man's desiring we know is most commonly experienced at weddings as an instrumental. But Bach first arranged it for his church choir during Advent to celebrate the miraculous pregnancies of Elizabeth and Mary as according to the Gospel of Luke. Mary being a virgin, Elizabeth being barren and old. This is a Christmas carol, in fact. So get ready for an amazing version of Bach's Christmas Carol that is going to light you up. go. We're good. I, you know, I'm thinking Elizabeth and Mary, golly, would they be skipping and dancing to that? Oh my goodness. Thank you. That was stunning and memorable and awesome. And way to go Bach for helping us celebrate the mighty God and what he did in these miraculous pregnancies of Elizabeth and Mary. Way to go. We totally know how to celebrate pregnancy and birth, don't we? With baby reveal parties, maternity photography, newborn photography, baby announcements. In fact, I have a few to show you just from our church family alone that have been happening this year. Here they go. That's Monroe Suarez, son of Chelsea and Tony. He's in the room. We're so excited. We've got Layton Levy, daughter of Cassie and Grant Levy. We have Waverly, daughter of Danielle and Connor Dietz. We've got little Jackson coming up, son of Michelle and Brooks Cunningham. We have Benny, son of Connor and Ben Bobish, fast asleep. And finally, we have Darion. Foster son of Catherine Ryan. Now, our son Reed and his wife Marla and their son Wyatt invited our whole family over to their home one day for a golf swing baby reveal pizza party. And this was when Marla was pregnant with their second child. Marla was counting on a girl. Little Wyatt was counting on playing with the golf ball after the reveal, and here's the video.
4: Baby number two.
5: over the golf ball, not sure. You may have heard Marla say at the end, Walker, because she was about to say Lee. But it's Walker, and we are so excited because we get to baptize Walker as the first baptism in our sanctuary next month, which is just so incredible for us as a family. But the baby reveal for Jesus was like a baby reveal on steroids. It was the greatest baby announcement ever made about 800 years before Jesus was even born that Isaiah the prophet spoke to us about the greatest gift that we would ever be given. Before herald angels sang, before shepherds even came before the wise men knelt down to worship Jesus. The prophet Isaiah was given visions about the coming Messiah. And as a result, the book of Isaiah is often called the fifth gospel because it is so filled to overflowing with good news about Jesus, the Messiah, including these words in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah gives us more words for the Messiah than any other place in the Bible. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And each Sunday in Advent, we are going to be lifting up One of these names, one at a time. Last Sunday, as Fitz said, it was Wonderful Counselor. This morning, it's Mighty God. You need to keep coming back so that you can hear about Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Together, these four breathtaking names encompass the entire life and ministry of Jesus. That's powerful. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a German Lutheran pastor, he was a theologian, wrote many books, but he was also an anti-Nazi dissident, so he was imprisoned by Hitler for that said this about Isaiah 9-6 when he was in prison. Every one of these names, each one with unending depth, and then all of them together, all four of them together, are straining to express only one single name, Jesus. Jesus. He's right. And these four names are typically used of Egyptian and Babylonian kings when they're about to be enthroned. But they so perfectly express and identify who Jesus is to you and to you and to you. And for your sake, so that when we hear to us a child is born, we can read this and hear this as, to me, a child is born. When we hear to us a son is given, we can hear it as, to me, a son is given. Claim it. With this word from God, Isaiah was speaking to the people of Israel who were beginning to believe that God's power and might was waning, shrinking, not happening at all, because they were overwhelmed by a world that seemed out of control and unsteady. Sound familiar? There were rumors of a threat rising in the east, an unknown ruler sweeping across the land, and there was panic. And into this confusion and into this fear, Isaiah speaks of this word of hope about Jesus the Messiah. And thank God... Because I, I need to hear Isaiah say this to me. Um, In the last couple of months, I can't even pinpoint why, but I have been dealing with some anxiety. Um, So, (laughs) some of it has been just worrying about my family Um, Occasionally, I'm worrying about my dog. (laughs) She's not trained yet, so when we open the door, it's panic in our house because we just know she's going to bust out the door. It's just bad. So I get all worked up about that. Sometimes it's because of you. I'm worried about you and some of the things you're dealing with. Occasionally, I think it's associated with what I would describe as anticipatory grief. I think that comes from um, my dad uh, being in Vietnam for two full years of my life. It's probably connected to that if a counselor would have a heyday there. I will tell you though, I didn't grow up with anxiety. I haven't lived a life with anxiety, not at all. I felt bad for people that had anxiety, but I'm grappling with it now. So I've been running, not walking, running to put myself in front of Isaiah's voice to hear him say to me about Jesus, he is your wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Because remember, Isaiah said, This is a gift to you. And oh, it has indeed been a gift to me, a source of calming grace to be able to count on these things being true about Jesus and in my life. And as a result, there's one word out of the three names that kind of comes roaring up to the top for me, Mighty God. In Hebrew, El Gabor, translated, Heroic, Strong God. El comes from the word Elohim, meaning the only true God. Gibor can be said to be heroic, strong warrior. Mighty God, El Gabor, heroic, strong God. And Isaiah, communicates this amazement that he finds that the mighty, powerful God, that that power would be in the Messiah, but even more, that the mighty God would be the Messiah, not just have the power in him. He would be that power. Where in your life do you long for Jesus to reveal himself as mighty God for you or for someone that you care about. Because my prayer for you this morning is that you experience God in such a way that it meets you right at the point of your need. Mary did. because if you wanna know about the power of the mighty God, Jesus, all you have to do is start reading in the Gospels beginning with the moment when the angel Gabriel came to Mary in Luke chapter one and said this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's miraculous pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin, to a virgin named Mary, again a miracle. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, "Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you." Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think, "What This greeting could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever ever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God this passage there if you would. Let's just pause for a moment right here. No one move. No one say anything. Just grow still before this word from God. God has become a child. In Mary dwells the mighty God. And Mary would have heard these words from the angel Gabriel, and she would have gone, because she would have heard Isaiah 9, 6. The angel Gabriel's word to Mary is an echo of Isaiah 9-6. This would have come to Mary's mind just as immediately as I ask you now, finish this sentence, joy to the That fast. You didn't have to think about it. Mary didn't have to think about it because the longed-for Messiah as wonderful counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, would have been in the center of her heart since she was a child. So on that day, when she hears the angel say, a child is born to us, a child is born to me. A child is given to us. (gasps) A child is given to me. And only mighty God can do this. So when was the last time that the power of the mighty God at Christmas time took your breath away? So I'm going to take you to Bethlehem. In June, Fitz and I had the privilege of leading a group of many of you and us in our community to the Holy Land. And while there, we went to Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem is in Palestine. It's not in Israel. Now, it's 30 minutes from Jerusalem, Israel, but you have to go through a checkpoint to get into Palestine to get into Bethlehem. And while in Bethlehem, we had the most amazing visit with the Young Life staff there who are reaching teenagers with the love and the hope of Jesus. These are teenagers who grew up in Bethlehem, walk where Jesus learned to walk, but don't know Jesus at all. And so my friends just pour their hearts out into these teenagers. I cannot share with you the name of the director of Young Life in Bethlehem for the sake of his safety and the safety and protection of his family because of the story I'm going to tell you. But I can tell you that my friend, my colleague who leads Young Life there, has become well-known in Bethlehem because teenagers' lives are changing because of the love of Jesus being poured into them through this ministry of young life. So one day, when my friend was in his front yard, he was kidnapped by some Muslim extremists who blindfolded him, beat him up, and put him in a vehicle taking him far up a mountainside, hours away from home. He knew that they were going to kill him. Told to get on his knees, he heard the sound of one of the men as he cocked his gun and started laughing and telling jokes and then held it to my friend's head my friend recognized this man's voice, the gunman's voice. And so in silent prayer, my friend cried out to Jesus for help for himself and for this man. Suddenly, the gunman's phone rang, and my friend could hear the phone caller say in Arabic, Stop. Don't touch him. The power of God rests on him. This was a power that so confounded these men that they were afraid and fled except for one lone driver who was assigned the fearful task of driving my friend home and dumping him in his front yard. Though badly beat up, my friend continued to pray for his kidnappers. And about a year later, when he was getting ready for his weekend young life camp, where these teenagers from Bethlehem were going to come and hear about the love and the hope of Jesus, teenagers were pouring in the door, and my friend looks up, and sees his kidnapper's son walk into the building. He was terrified. Is this a trick? But the kidnapper's son, who almost killed him, surrendered his life to Jesus that weekend. I know, yeah. And my friend shared only, only mighty God can do this. The same mighty God is at work here in Tampa in our lives, not just in Bethlehem. And you don't get to say, oh, well, of course. I mean, think about it. The Holy Land where Abraham and Moses and Jesus and everybody else that we hear about in the Bible is running around, of course that happened there. You don't get to say that. Because the same mighty God in Bethlehem, when that took place, is the same mighty God that's right here on Horatio Street, right here in this room and in your life. It's the same one. And Jesus revealed himself as mighty God by overcoming his enemies through love. He showed himself as mighty, not as other kings as mighty, but by wielding his power for us to seek, to save, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And the mightiest act of all our God, defeating death, on the cross so that you and I might have new life. So on Wednesday, when the cross was being lifted up to be placed onto our building, Mary Jo Panino and I were standing with each other and as it was happening, we just started to cry. It was gratitude that the almighty, all-powerful, mighty God became powerless and died for us on the cross, we were speechless with ugly crying. <laughs> no, it was ugly. And we were holding on to each other because we, we couldn't help but look at that cross and think, did that for me? For to me, a child is born to me, a son is given who would do this? And so God offers you and me his power and his might in his son, Jesus, as a gift to us. And when we accept it, when we trust it, the power of the mighty God crashes over all of the places in our lives where we are face to face with circumstances that are beyond our power, where we feel helpless and weak. So I want to invite you to close your eyes. And in this moment, if you would like to pray with me, to receive the Christmas gift that God longs to give to you of his mighty son, Jesus. Or if you want to reaffirm that commitment and express your gratitude to him for giving himself to you, then repeat these words after me. Father, For all that I need, for all that I I lack, for all that I could never be in myself, myself. Jesus, Jesus. I receive you you. as as my El Gabor, mighty God. You are mighty God over my pain. You are mighty God over my my circumstances. You are mighty God over my my future. future. I trust you, Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen. We are now going to follow Tom as he leads us playing the guitar all the way around to the right and down to the cross, where we are going to give our hearts and dedicate the cross and this building to God. It will be just a brief moment, but let me explain about your children. Rachel Godin is going to meet you out there with all of your children who are in crew. So you do do not need to go get them. They will be there waiting for you. Little crew will remain where they are unless you choose to go get them and bring them, but they will be just fine. This will be very, very brief. We will sing a song, we will say a prayer, and then we will go touch on all those little animals out there. So let's quickly go out and to the right and down as Tom leads us. Everybody go to the right. Everybody go out and to the right in the front of the building.